Howdy. What's going on? Thanks so much for listening to the podcast. It is heard live every day, by the way, from noon until 3 on WBT Radio in Charlotte. And if you want exclusive content, invitations to events, the weekly live stream, my daily show prep with links, become a patron. Go to the PeteCallanerShow.com. This podcast is also supported by North Carolina businesses, so please consider supporting them. Try not to skip through their short ad. Make sure you hit the subscribe button to get every episode for free right to your smartphone or tablet. And thanks so much for your support. I've been monitoring the uh, House Oversight Committee. This is the Biden investigation or the investigation into the investigation of uh, Hunter Biden uh, by the IRS and the DOJ. And uh, the two whistleblowers have come forward. I actually have their statements. They got released earlier. Uh, But right now, the committee chairman, um, James Comer, is making uh, his opening remarks. We have not yet heard. We will not hear from uh, from the whistleblowers until probably like another hour in, I got to think. But uh, here's Comer. Joe Biden is compromised by these schemes. And if our national security is threatened. During our investigation, our committee became aware through whistleblower disclosures provided to Senator Chuck Grassley that the FBI had an unclassified record that details an extortion and bribery scheme involving then-Vice President Biden and a Burisma executive. This record was generated by a trusted confidential human source that the FBI has used for over a decade. It memorializes the source's conversations with the Burisma executive who claimed that he paid Joe Biden $5 million in exchange for certain actions. The Burisma executive told the confidential human source that he didn't pay the, quote, big guy, end quote, directly, but that he used so many bank accounts that it would take 10 years to unravel. Now, that sounds an awful lot like how the Bidens conduct business, using multiple bank accounts to hide the source and total amount of the money. Today, we have two brave, incredible Irish whistleblowers who have risked their careers to come forward and and provide important testimony. Thank you all for being here today. I know it was not an easy decision. Their testimony about the DOJ, FBI, and IRS's investigation of Hunter Biden confirms the committee's findings, that there's nothing normal about the Biden family's business activity. The White House and Democrats would have Americans believe that our investigation is based on five years of conspiracy theories. But we have facts, and new evidence continues to be uncovered by our committee revealing the first family's corruption. The Bidens have put themselves first and Americans last. We will continue to follow the money trail and provide the answers, transparency, and accountability that Americans demand and deserve. With that, I yield to the chairman of the Ways and Means Committee, Jason Smith. Thank you, Chairman Comer. The Ways and Means Committee is charged with ensuring that the tax code is enforced fairly. Clearly, the president only believes in making making taxpayers pay their fair share if they don't share his last name. These two courageous whistleblowers provided my committee with devastating testimony showing that the government is not treating all taxpayers equally and the DOJ and the IRS gave preferential treatment to the president's son during a criminal investigation into his taxes. These individuals in front of us today are credible and set for nearly 15 hours of interviews with both Republicans and Democrats. I personally took part in the interview with Mr. Ziegler. Here's what we learned from the interviewees. The IRS recommended multiple 
the IRS recommended multiple felony charges against Hunter Biden for tax years 2014 through 2019, relating to at least 8.3 million in income from foreign companies, including one based in, including companies based in China, Romania, and Ukraine. And that is the only amount discovered despite the roadblocks and obstruction their investigation faced. The Department of Justice engaged in a campaign to delay, divulge, and deny that investigation. They delayed investigators for years, leading to the expiration of the statute of limitations for many of the crimes involved. They divulged key investigative details to Biden's attorneys and even the president's transition team. And they denied investigators the ability to authenticate evidence, serve warrants, question witnesses, and bring charges. This led to Hunter Biden's sweetheart agreement, announced five years after the investigation started, but mere days before my committee voted to publicly release this testimony. Would Americans in my congressional district or any other congressional district ever receive this same treatment? After raising their concerns internally at the IRS, these whistleblowers were discouraged and demoralized and turned to Congress as a last resort. They bravely reported wrongdoing to us. And what have President Biden's allies, including Hunter Biden's lawyers, done? They've responded with a vicious, a vicious smear campaign to discredit these whistleblowers and discourage others from coming forward and may have even coordinated with the White House on this effort. This is a disgrace. I urge any IRS employee watching today, if you know of misconduct, please come to the Ways and Means Committee so we can hold accountable those who are responsible. And let me be clear, there will be zero tolerance for any retaliation against whistleblowers by DOJ and the IRS. The American people expect answers about whether the federal government is treating all taxpayers equally or if the wealthy and politically connected get special treatment. Our committees are working together to get to the bottom of this abuse of power and will work tirelessly to do so and to make sure it doesn't ever happen again. Americans should not have to accept two tiers of justice in this country. One if your last name is Biden and one for everybody else. I want to thank both whistleblowers for coming forward publicly and for your testimony today. I yield to Mr. Jordan. Uh, I thank the gentleman for yielding. The question is, who are you going to believe? April 26th, in front of the United States Senate, the Attorney General said David Weiss is in charge of the investigation. October 7th, in a meeting with Gary Shapley, one of the whistleblowers, David Weiss said, I'm not the deciding official. Who are you going to believe? On February 28th, I wrote the Attorney General asking him why there's no special counsel in the Hunter Biden investigation. He didn't respond, which is unusual in and of itself. They always respond to the Judiciary Committee when we write something to them. I wrote again on May 25th, again, the Attorney General didn't respond, but David Weiss did. And here's what he said, June 7th, 
He said this, I have been granted ultimate authority over the matter, including responsibility for deciding where, when, and whether to file charges. That's what the U.S. Attorney said on June 7th. Three weeks later, Mr. Weiss wrote me again, and he said this, I stand by what I wrote, but I wish to expand. Wow. Already changing his story 23 days later, and he said this, my charging authority is geographically limited to my home district. <laughs> well, wait a minute. You just told me 23 right. days before you have ultimate authority. Right. Now you change it. Then again, on July 10th, Mr. Weiss wrote Senator Graham, and he said this, paragraph two, to clarify, I have not requested special counsel designation. Rather, I had discussions with departmental officials. Mr. Weiss can't get his story straight. Three different stories in a five-week time frame. On June 7th, he's, he's Tarzan. He's super. I, I got ultimate authority. I can do what I want. File charges where I want, when I want, and how I want. June 30th, well, actually, no, I can't. And then, of course, on July 10th, he says, to clarify, I haven't requested special counsel status, but I've been talking to the folks at Maine Justice. Three different positions in a little over a month. You know whose story hasn't changed? These two guys. Their testimony has been consistent. Throughout, their testimony has been the same. And guess what? Two days ago, an FBI agent confirmed their testimony. Who are you going to believe? The Justice Department can't get their story straight, changed three times in 33 days? Or these two guys? The Justice Department that was found to censor Americans just two weeks ago from the federal court in Louisiana. The Justice Department that said moms and dads are terrorists. The Justice Department that said if you're a pro-life Catholic, you're an extremist. The Justice Department that can't get his story straight are these two guys. Ten years over a decade of experience for each of them. The go-to guys in international tax evasion cases. The A-team when it comes to investigating these matters. All over the world they've done this and who've been consistent throughout. Uh, I think I'll believe these call. guys. Nah, it's a tough call. I think they're the ones telling the truth. And that is, that is fundamentally what this comes down to. So God bless you guys for the work you've done, the courage you have, and for being here today, stepping forward because you care about equal treatment under the law. That's what's at stake, plain and simple. I yield back. All right, so that's uh, Congressman Jim Jordan. So obviously they got the chairs of the different uh, committees here at the House Oversight Committee hearing. Uh, Jamie Raskin's getting ready to uh, speak. He's the ranking Democrat. Uh, all right, let's see if the uh, let's see how well the pause function works. Because I mean, we listened to the Republicans' opening statement. I feel obligated, obliged to play Jamie Raskin's. He's the ranking Democrat. His opening statement. And uh, it was just getting started, but we had to go to, to the break. So I paused it, but it's a live feed, so I don't know if it's going to lag me back or if it's going to skip ahead. So let's find out together. Unpausing now. Oh, it's jumping me ahead. No, oh, it's not even loading now. Oh, that's the worst. C-SPAN. Oh, my gosh. Really, C-SPAN? What happened to you? You used to be cool. Of tax oh, there he is. Even now he's back. All right, let me just zoom all the way back here. Treatment than the millions of the people who never face criminal investigation for doing the same thing. If my GOP colleagues think that the treatment of millions of tax scoff laws or even the handful who face criminal prosecution like Hunter Biden is too lenient, I invite them to join us Democrats in supporting the $80 billion in funding for the IRS that we passed in the Inflation Reduction Act last year. Oh, my this God. This money will enable... Really? 
the IRS to make long overdue improvements in customer service, hey. but will also enable the agency to restore hey. loss. Hang on a second. Hey, moron. No. More agents doesn't get the job done if Maine Justice is shutting down investigations. What do you... This, uh, I, this is how it's going to go. This is how it's going to go. I think I'm going to have an aneurysm. Oh, my gosh. And now it won't load again. I got to back it up again. Oh, my we'll gosh. Be going around ready uh. to shoot some small business person in Iowa. Today, we get to witness mega Republicans take the side of IRS, IRS agents from the deep state against a Trump appointed U.S. attorney and a rich guy exercising his Second Amendment rights, but now facing criminal gun charges and tax charges that would call that they would call in any other circumstance purely technical. That's We're about to hear testimony true. from two IRS criminal investigators. Investigators. They will describe their frustrations and disagreements with their supervisors, yeah. as well as with Mr. Weiss and his team of prosecutors, who they consider junior varsity and not up to snuff during the Trump administration generally. We will also hear about their confusion and profound misunderstandings about Mr. Weiss and how he reviewed the evidence and made the ultimate decision about charging Hunter Biden. A lot of the controversy here relates to the agent's failure to distinguish between special counsels and special lawyers, but we will clear that up today. The key point, Mr. Chief, Chairman, that America needs to understand is that the only political interference at play here mm. is coming from Donald Trump and my Republican colleagues. <laughs> we'll listen carefully to the testimony, oh my gosh. and I thank you, Mr. Chairman. What a maroon! Really? Thank you, member yields back. I'd like to remind the members and the public that Section 6103 of the tax code makes taxpayer information confidential, except in certain cir circumstances. Like if it's One a Republican, you want to leave is it. the process the Ways and Means Committee used to receive testimony from these whistleblowers and report transcripts of their testimony to the full House of Representatives to make that information public. Okay. These whistleblowers have gone above and beyond to submit information to Congress in accordance with the law, and we are grateful to them for that. The witnesses can only testify to tax information that has already been released through proper procedures through the Ways and Means Committee. This means that in some instances they may have to decline to answer a question and, and instead submit additional information to the Ways and Means Committee. Oh, okay, I don't. All right, this is like, dude, you start going into the IRS tax stuff, uh, you lose me. Okay, um, so you got two whistleblowers. We now know who whistleblower X is. Guy by the, his last name is Ziegler. And I was reading his prepared remarks. Um, they, it runs 15 pages. Um, and then we knew about Shapley, Gary Shapley. So Ziegler is, uh, and then his name is redacted off of this, uh, uh, off of this, uh, document, but his, he's got a name placard in front of him. Now, Ziegler, says in this in his opening statements in his prepared remarks um that he is a gay democrat <laughs> and so the idea that he's doing this as some sort of a partisan axe to grind that he's some sort of maga republican is absurd he says um i implore each of you to set aside personal biases political affiliations and to uphold the responsibility bestowed upon you by the citizens you represent it is your duty to investigate the claims presented before you today to delve into the evidence we have brought forth and to hold those accountable who have breached the sacred trust placed upon them in closing i stand here as a whistleblower not to tear down the foundations of democracy but to rebuild them stronger and more resilient than before and ensure that the integrity of our democratic system is preserved for future generations um i don't know if they've now gotten around to 
Oh, looks like they're getting... Well, all right, so they're zooming in on Shapley. Uh, they still got to swear him in, I believe. Oh, and before I forget, have you got your ticket to the Heritage Life Skills event yet? I'll be there. The annual event is put on by Carolina Readiness Supply, and you can learn all sorts of ways to be better prepared and self-sufficient in the event of any emergency. Things like homesteading, canning, water storage, radio communications, herbal remedies, home defense, fermenting vegetables. I'll be there Saturday evening. Check out the schedule at carolinareadiness.com. This is what Carolina Readiness Supply does. For beginners all the way to the most experienced preppers, Carolina Readiness can help you. Get your tickets now at carolinareadiness.com. Veteran-owned Carolina Readiness Supply. Will you be ready when the lights go out? Alrighty, so uh, I, I, I'm not sure how far back this, uh, or how much longer uh, he's going to talk. This is Joseph Ziegler. He was the unnamed whistleblower from uh, from the IRS, and apparently he was sort of like the lead case investigator in the Hunter Biden case. His direct superior is uh, Shapley, Gary Shapley, who was already identified and has already done some interviews. Um, Ziegler is a Democrat, Shapley a Republican. Here is Joseph Ziegler's opening statement here. Thank you, Chairman Comer, Chairman Smith. Chairman Jordan, Ranking Member Raskin, and members of the committee, today I, I, I sit here before you not as a hero or, or a victim, but as a whistleblower compelled to disclose the truth. That said, in coming forward, I believe I'm risking my career, my reputation, and my casework outside of the investigation we are here to discuss. I ultimately made the decision to come forward after what I believe were multiple attempts at blowing the whistle in the Internal Revenue Service, at the Internal Revenue Service. No one should be above the law, regardless of your political affiliation. I humbly view my role here today as providing the facts as I best understood them and to let Congress and the administration and the public consider those facts and determine the best path forward. I recognize why I was present at the start of this investigation and was closely involved with the investigation for roughly five years. I'm just a part of the story. Others, including my colleague and supervisor Gary Shapley, who is here with me today, have their own views and understandings of what took place during this investigation. I've been an agent with the IRS since 2010. In 2007, I received my undergraduate degree from Ohio University, my MBA from John Carroll University. Prior to starting my career at the IRS, I worked at Ernst & Young, Ernst & Young as an external auditor. Throughout my career with the IRS, I have worked a variety of successful criminal tax and money laundering investigations. In 2018, I transitioned to being a, to being a part of the International Tax and Financial Crimes Group out of the Washington, D.C. field office. I was the lead IRS case agent on the Hunter Biden investigation. I've recently discovered that people are saying that I must be more credible because I'm a Democrat who happens to be married to a man. I'm no more credible than this man sitting next to me due to, my actual, due to my sexual orientation or my political beliefs. The truth is, my credibility comes today from my job experience with the IRS and my intimate knowledge of the agency's standard and procedures. Good for you. I was raised and have always strived to do what is right. Although I do have my supporters, others have said that I am a traitor to the Democratic Party and that I am causing more division in our society. I implore you to consider that if you were in my position with the facts as I have stated them, ask yourself if you would be doing the exact same thing. I hope that I am 
an example to other LGBTQ people out there who are questioning doing the right thing at the potential cost of themselves and others. We should always do the right thing, no matter how painful the process might be. I kind of equate this to experience and feelings I encountered when coming out. It was honestly one of the hardest things I ever had to go through. I contemplated scenarios that would have been highly regrettable, but I did what is right and I'm, standing in, or I'm sitting here in front of you today. I would first like to take a minute to thank some people for their unfettered help and support. First off, God, for giving me the strength and courage to get through this process. My husband, who has been my rock, has put up with me, my stress, and has had to deal with, with his personal information being out there. My attorney, Dean Zerby, who has agreed to represent me through this matter pro bono and someone who has provided me so much help and guidance. My colleagues from the Hunter Biden investigation, the work that was done on this case was, is tremendous, but seems to be overshadowed by what is happening here today. And I just want to say to the investigative team that I am thankful for having worked with you. I also want to thank my family and friends back home in Northeast Ohio and Georgia. I don't live in the DC area. I had to fly here and have had to pay out of pocket for all my travel related expenses in being a whistleblower. On that note, I would like to make another statement that I have not accepted a single payment from anyone for being a whistleblower. First, well, so Mr. Chairman, while I have my written statement as well as my testimony before the Ways and Means Committee, I would like to touch on briefly seven specific matters. First, in a recent letter to Congress, Mr. Weiss stated that he had been granted ultimate authority over this matter but then later stated in the same letter that his charging authority is geographically limited and that he would need a President Biden appointed U.S. attorney to partner with him in charging the case. Mr. Weiss stated that he, is, he was making all decisions necessary to preserve the integrity of the prosecution consistent with federal law, the principles of federal prosecution, and departmental regulations. In the, internal, in the criminal tax manual, chapter 10, found on the DOJ website, Tax Division policy states that cases involving indiv individuals who fail to file tax returns or pay a tax, but who also commit acts of evasion or obstruction, should be charged as felonies to avoid inequitable treatment. In early August of 2022, federal prosecutors from the Department of Justice Tax Division drafted a 99-page memorandum. In, in so, they were recommending for approval felony and misdemeanor charges for the 2017, 18, and 19 tax years. That did not happen here, and I am not sure why. Hmm. And, as to the special and, and as the special agent on this case, I thought the felony charges were well supported. When considering the elements of felony tax case... All right, so he's going in-depth now on all of the details. I'm not going to, uh, we're not, I'm not going to keep carrying all of the, the tax law details and such. Uh, again, it's like a 16-page yeah, opening statement. I, and he seemed to uh, bounce around, like he, he took some highlights from the first part of it. So I don't think he's doing the full 16 pages. I think he's pulled some, uh, some of the relevant pieces out. I would note, there is a guy sitting behind him just a member of the crowd, uh, white guy, bald, pretty large, wearing a black T-shirt with a what appears to be like a pencil sketch artist rendition of a woman's face with a with a toboggan hat on, like a, a, a knit hat on, and it says Ashley Babbitt on the top, who was the woman who was killed on January 6th by Capitol Police, right? Or Secret Service. Um, 
and he got a he got a spot right over the shoulder of this whistleblower, and so he's like shaking his head behind him, like whenever he said, "I should just watch this." Oh, hang on, he, a hotel room for say. a supposed drug dealer. Oh, sex club memberships. Yeah, shaking his falsely head. referenced on the wire as a golf membership, hotels he was blacklisted from, and a Columbia University tuition payment for his adult daughter. Right. These All were, of these items yeah. were used to support willfulness the willfulness element for felony right. tax evasion. So the willfulness argument is like, did you willfully break these rules or was it done out of ignorance? And no, these were he was taking corporate money out of his different accounts and they were moving it around and paying for all of this stuff. And then they lined up some of this, some of the tax records, obviously, with the laptop information, but also Hunter Biden's own autobiography. <laughs> That's how they got him on the gun charge. Oh, my gosh. So where, oh, Gary Shapley. He started his opening statement, and I uh, have his, uh, his prepared remarks as well. Um, so let's uh, resume here. This is the second IRS whistleblower, but this is the guy that's already done some interviews. That's here today. I want to thank every member and staffer on both sides of the aisle who work for the work you do to represent your constituents and hold government accountable. My name is Gary Shapley. I've worked as a special agent for IRS criminal investigation for 14 years. I have risen to become a senior leader in the organization and currently supervise 12 elite agents in the International Tax and Financial Crimes Group. I have worked directly with United States attorneys in multiple districts and have supervised or investigated cases in more than a dozen United States attorneys' offices across the country. I have led, planned, or executed undercover operations or search warrants in more than a dozen countries. Hmm. I have investigated and managed some of the largest cases in the history of the agency, recovering more than $3.5 billion for the United States taxpayer. I think he sounds qualified. In this country, we believe in the rule of law, and that applies to everyone. There should not be a two-track justice system depending on who you are and who you're connected to. Yet, in this case, there was. Based on my experience, I'm here to tell you that the Delaware U.S. Attorney's Office and Department of Justice handling the Hunter Biden tax investigation was very different from any other case in my 14 years at the IRS. At every stage, decisions were made that benefited the subject of this investigation. For example, prosecutors concealed contents of Hunter Biden's laptop from investigators. DOJ slow walk steps to include interviews, serving document requests, and executing search warrants. Warrants that were ready as early as April of 2020, but were delayed until after the November, November 2020 election and never pursued. Wow. Investigators were not allowed to follow up on WhatsApp messages from Hunter Biden's Apple iCloud backup, where he suggested he was sitting next to his father. Assistant United States Attorney Leslie Wolf cited the optics of executing a search warrant at President Biden's residence as a deciding factor for not allowing it, even though she agreed that probable cause existed. Prosecutors instructed investigators not to ask about the big guy or dad when conducting interviews. The Biden transition team was tipped off about interviews the night before the investigation went over. A fact my FBI counterpart confirmed to this committee in a recent testimony, where the result was that only one witness spoke to investigators that day. These are just some of the examples of how our investigation was stymied. I'm not here to support partisan agendas on either side. I'm here because our tax system relies on the American people having confidence it is administered fairly and equally for everyone, regardless of your last name or political connections. If the handling of this case was inappropriate, it doesn't matter whether it happened under a Republican or Democrat administration. 
Whether you agree with my concerns about the unethical slow walking and preferential treatment in this case, you can be sure that my testimony is true and correct to the best of my ability. Unfortunately, the way this has already been handled by some members and the media has done immeasurable damage to future would-be whistleblowers. I have been attacked as incompetent and falsely accused of being a liar, a leaker, or both. All by people who know nothing about me or the facts of this case. Some question if I should even be called a whistleblower, suggesting that my disclosures are not legally protected merely because they don't like what I'm saying. We've had seen this shoe on the other foot before, and some Republicans have made the same error, so there's plenty of blame for both sides. The cycle of villainizing or canonizing government employees who report what they believe is wrongdoing has to stop. When I first started noticing deviations from the normal investigative process around June 2020, I did not run to Congress to air grievances. Instead, I documented my concerns and made internal protected disclosures to my chain of command. I tried to give the prosecutors the benefit of the doubt for a very long time. After our investigation had largely concluded by the end of 2021, the IRS recommended charging Hunter Biden with multiple felonies and several misdemeanors for the tax years of 2014 through 2019. The Delaware Assistant United States Attorneys and Tax Division Trial Attorneys supported charging the felonies and misdemeanors listed in Exhibit 2 of my interview transcripts on page 44 and 45, which were officially referred to the Department of Justice Tax Division in February of 2022. This case was presented to the Washington, D.C. U.S. Attorney's Office in or around March 2022. In April 2022, in a hearing, Attorney General Garland was asked how the American people could be confident the administration was conducting a serious investigation into the president's own son. Attorney General Garland responded by saying, because we put the investigation in the hands of a Trump appointee. He led Congress to believe the case was insulated from improper political influence because all decisions were being made exclusively by Delaware United States Attorney David Weiss, but that was not true. Oh, snap. That's gone right after the Attorney General. There's your perjury to Congress charge. And um, have, are, I'm looking here. Is Boebert drawing up more articles of impeachment? Uh, yeah, I mean, at this point, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you got to drag Merrick Garland back in front of these committees, and you got to start drawing up some impeachment papers against him, some perjury papers. Just like this is like these guys, these guys have way more credibility than virtually anybody that I've seen do this. I think it's because they're IRS people, and I'm kind of scared of IRS people. I, I, I forgot. I always have the standard disclaimer. I love the IRS and everybody that works there. They do amazing work. <laughs> Just just want to get that on the record. That's not good. This doesn't look good or sound good. <laughs>